Dungeons and Dopamine. Ta-da! Hi! Welcome to episode 29 of Dungeons and Dopamine. I'm Jess. I'm Bree. We're here for you. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Only <laughs> This episode is our musical episode where Jessica sings the entire time. Oh, Only Jessica, though, Merry because no Christmas, one wants though. to hear me. <laughs> I do. Thank you. You're welcome. So we've been apart for a long time. Again. You guys, yeah. I keep getting all the plagues. She keeps trying to, like, be sick. I'm... Obviously trying to end this podcast, Jessica just does not get the hint. (laughs) Don't give up. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, whatever. When can you come up again? (laughs) Right, right. No, I hear that you've been vomiting, but hear me (laughs) out. Stop and we'll record. (laughs) Right. Um, Don't do that anymore (laughs) and we will move on. (sighs) So I got more plagues. All the plagues. Now we're here. How many plagues are there for Egypt? Like nine? Uh, probably. I know I've I must be on like movie. seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There <laughs> are a whole bunch of turkeys in your backfield right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that makes it through editing. <laughs> that really just ties up this whole episode. I I'm mean, not sure it can get it any get better. better. <laughs> <laughs> Except that it is our Christmas episode, Christmas as you episode. tried to mention, and I completely talked right over you. <laughs> Let me sing it and see if you'll listen. <laughs> Police Navi <laughs> Thank you for going with that one. Hey, hey. We we support all cultures here. Yes. <laughs> I, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> I made you out of wood. Yes. I don't Wait. think that's how it goes. I Sorry think that's actually like how is Cartman that? sings it in <laughs> South Park. Say, is that like an Adam Sandler song or something? Oh, yeah, you're right. There is an Adam Sand- Sandler dreidel song. Because he's Jewish. all cultures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Two hours later. Damn it, Pete. Damn it, Pete. Okay, so... I hope you leave just that part in. <laughs> Damn it, Pete. <laughs> It'll be like us talking and then just like white noise. Damn it, Pete. White noise. <laughs> so we were having a conversation before the dogs barked. We sure were. And we I were don't in remember the what middle of it. We are absolutely in the middle of something. Shoot. I don't remember what it was, but um, hi, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> the dogs barked and we lost several minutes filling time, mm-hmm. recording I, maybe time. we were just talking about... Stuff that wouldn't make it on anyway. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? So anyway, I hope... We're great at this. If you wanted the end of whatever story we may or may not have been telling, (laughs) that someday we can give that to you. I will wake up in the middle of the night tonight and be like, oh no. (laughs) We'll be recording another episode and remember. (laughs) In the middle. In the middle of one of our topics, we'll be like, oh, I remembered. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Feliz Navidad. It's Christmas, baby. And we accept all cultures. That is absolutely fact. <laughs> and dreidels. Um, maybe we say, like, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Happy Solstice. Happy Solstice. Um, happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You thieves. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> you were about to be like, great minds. And I'm like, you, you thieves. You ruined it. <laughs> How dare you take this from me? <laughs> So, um, I will have a large list of holidays that can be celebrated around this time of year at the end of my topic. Nice. I, however, <laughs> I have, we had this nice streak of me being all happy and uplifting. It's done. There were whales and dolphins and <laughs> belugas. As it should be. And now that's over. Because we're going back to... Folklore! Yay! Forklore. Forklore. Yeah, my (laughs) apologies. I'm I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to invent a whole new genre of writing, and it's going to be called Forklore. And I don't know the clever 
twist that it'll have. Can we please, yet? can it be the story about a traveling fork who runs into all these mythical folklore creatures? It sure can. Because <laughs> that's the only folklore I will accept. Do you think Disney will sue us because it'll look like Forky or no. Sporky or whatever his name so was? I picture a silver fork. Which Legit. is way better than the garbage fork. And he'll change color as he, you know, ages because mm-hmm. that's what silver do. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to be completely accurate. Yeah. I mean, otherwise this will just be silly. <laughs> be a ridiculous story <laughs> of a fork running into folklore. <laughs> I love us. I, you know, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, give me some folklore. That was me doing a fan. <laughs> the stink is back. You really have to get these snakes out of your attic. <laughs> Why are there so many mother effing snakes in this, this mother effing bathroom? <laughs> That's right. We are in a bathroom. We're, so, we're recording in a bathroom that is not yet a bathroom. Hopefully, we don't have to record in here when it is a bathroom. <laughs> Somehow it'll turn out the acoustics in this upstairs are only good in the bathroom. <laughs> right here in the bathroom. <laughs> if we try to record anywhere else, I'll end up sounding like I'm back in the closet. Carly will be the like, can you guys closet. please get out of my bathroom? <laughs> I'm, I need to get ready for whatever she's going to be doing because she's well, cooler than me. By then, we will be professional podcasters. Right. And we'll have a studio with my cow. Or... <laughs> This is it. <laughs> no, no, you're right. That's just exactly <laughs> where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a cow studio. <laughs> I am so excited a about mo- our cow studio. <laughs> that sounds like movies. Though. I know, but we're gonna have to. Studio sounded <laughs> bad. True. <laughs> So we're just gonna have to move into video i guess no yeah. more podcasting we are now vloggers we'll do both people will want to see the cow that i purchased <laughs> from the indiana zoo <laughs> i'm sure she'll live forever yeah that's what they do yeah <laughs> i have to go home now it's probably better that way. <laughs> I have good news. Oh, I have great yeah. dopamine, you guys. It's not official, official, because there is one more doctor's appointment. But my dad is pretty much cleared. Woohoo! There are no more cancer treatments in our immediate future. There is no sign of cancer on his scans. And for the first time in literally three years... My dad does not have to think about the next time he goes to chemo. I'm going to (laughs) cry. I knew you would. He called me today. He had had one of his final appointments today. And he was going to let his wife, my stepmom, call and give me the whole update because she's better at that than he is. But he had to call me just because he wanted to celebrate. And it was adorable. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just so ha- like we were so close he was within two yeah. treatments of finishing his three year long chemo from the lymphoma and we found out he had a that, different type of cancer and it's super rare right? yeah like of a course. super weird one because, because it can never just be a normal thing i mean there's like dave dad other dad <laughs> let me talk to you for a second <laughs> There are so many other ways to get attention. Please start using those. Right. <laughs> I'm real tired of this. <laughs> I am done crying. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. That is that is our that TED is, Talk. I mean, even his lymphoma was like a rare <sighs> type of lymphoma. <laughs> He's got to be special. <laughs> All the time. I'm over it. That's Quit amazing. It, Dave. I can't wait to hear because this next doctor's appointment is going to be the same thing mm-hmm. and then we can freaking celebrate yes and <gasps> the the appointment won't be before christmas unfortunately because he also had the plague but <laughs> Jeez, yeah, we right. are fully intending to celebrate this year in a way that we have not been able to in, since before covid since 2019 Yay. I am so happy. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I'm not even crying. <laughs> and 
this is how you end up feeling like a heartless, soulless person. You just be friends with Jessica, who cries all the time about all the things, and you don't cry about anything. <laughs> you you have, have and cried. you will yes. and this first time I'm hearing <laughs> this and it just makes me happy yes. <laughs> he needs the win and yes. he finally got it he finally got it <laughs> so thank you for letting me share that dopamine thank you for sharing your dopamine it makes me so happy <laughs> <laughs> now we have to take a 10 minute break while Jessica <laughs> gathers herself <laughs> <laughs> This is also what happens when you get when you are friends for thirty years, <laughs> because <laughs> Jessica does call my dad dad, and I forgot where I don't know where I was going with that. But our parents, we made eye contact and your mind went blank. <laughs> I was like, I am gonna cry. I got like, wetness <laughs> leaping down my face. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pull myself together and then I'm going to talk about something I'm going to talk about creepy guys, things. this is why I don't talk about anything else. <laughs> Murders and, you know, any of this stuff I can do. <laughs> talk about something that makes me happy or sad and I'm a mess. <laughs> and that's the real reason Jessica always talks about creepy things. It's the only way to keep her on topic. So... I've got it together. Right. I'm a little sniffly now. I'm going to tell you guys about some for- folklore <laughs> around the world for Christmas or for the holidays. We are going to start with one that I, I've heard the name, but I had no idea about it. And it's freaking scary. Have you ever heard of Krampus? Oh, yes. I'm surprised you haven't. No, never. Like, I know that there's uh, like scary movies and stuff, but... I didn't really, and then I think of that episode, <laughs> the episode of Futurama, where <laughs> when Santa has become a bad guy, <laughs> he's a robot that just kills people. Yep. Um, but yeah, Krampus, and he's pretty old. They believe he started in the sixth or seventh century. He, he's from the east, eastern and central Alpine region of Europe. Um. That really doesn't help me at all. I'd have to Google it. Oh my gosh, thank you. (laughs) In my brain, I was just thinking, that probably helps some people. (laughs) That does not make any sense to me. (laughs) No, and I don't know where it means, but he's there, they believe. Good old Europe. (laughs) Exactly. That good eastern central alpine region. (laughs) Um, So Krampus helps St. Nicholas. But I put that in quotation marks. Because his help is really horrible. Let's be frank. Let's be us. But <laughs> let's talk about Frank. <laughs> so while St. Nicholas rewards good children with things like oranges and nuts and happiness and toys, Krampus beats the naughty kids with a birch rod. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Krampus! <laughs> You and your Bertrand. (laughs) Why do you got to ruin all the nice things? (laughs) And well, St. Nicholas is like an old jolly man with a belly full of jelly or made of jelly or something (laughs) that jiggles like jelly and a big fancy white beard. Krampus is a horned devilish figure with a tail and a tongue that lolls out of his mouth. (laughs) Is he kind of goaty? Yes. I feel like he's kind of like a goat. He's often portrayed with cloven hooves, mm-hmm. horns, the tongue, and he has fangs. <laughs> Is that why his tongue has to hang out of his mouth? Maybe. <laughs> I feel like I would I feel like I would bite my tongue more <laughs> if I had fangs and it hung out of my mouth. Mm. <laughs> so what you can't see is Jessica and I trying it. <laughs> We're adorable. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be on the TikTok later. (laughs) So he carries chains and sometimes a bag. Sometimes he uses his bag to scoop up naughty children, take them away, and either drown them or bring them to hell. (laughs) What kind of parent do you have to be? (laughs) To be like, yeah, 
Santa might bring you presents if you're good. But if you're bad, I'm going to call Krampus. He's going to drag gonna you down. beat you with a birch rod and then stuff you in a sack and drag you to hell. I- <laughs> <laughs> My kid would stop sleeping in her own room. Right. Connor would stop <laughs> doing anything. He'd just be like, whatever it takes, Mom. Whatever it takes. Uh, so... He's thought to come, um, the word Krampus is thought to come from Bavarian, um, Krampen, meaning dead, rotten, or from German, Kramp or Krampen, meaning claw. So like dead claw or rotten claw. (laughs) Merry Christmas, rotten claw. (laughs) Such a pleasant tale to tell around the... Dinner table. The holly at jolly Christmas. holidays. <laughs> um, in 1950s, in the 1950s, the government thought Krampus might might damage children's psyche. What? <laughs> and they handed out flyers to warn people. <laughs> Please stop telling your children about the horned devil man who will come take them and drown them or drag them to hell. It's probably <laughs> not good for their brain. We think it might frighten them. <laughs> you have all you have given an entire generation of children PTSD. <laughs> it's no wonder all of those old-timey photos look really somber. Right? I would be too. <laughs> they were worried about Krampus. <laughs> He's probably behind taking the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Holding his birch rod. If you smile. (laughs) Photographer. He's very talented. (laughs) Yep. I mean, he has to have something to do. St. Nick is making toys. He doesn't have anything to do the rest of the year. So he's got to take some pictures. (laughs) He has been. This is not how I thought this conversation was. Going. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. I worked both my day jobs today, <laughs> and I like this one best. So, I'm happy to be here for you. I appreciate it. Um, he has been portrayed in movies, TV shows, etc. He's now celebrated in Christmas parades in different parts of the world. What? Yeah. And like, sometimes who wants to be who wants the Krampus float? Seriously. <laughs> a lot of people will dress up like him. You can find a ton of people online dressing like him. And um, occasionally when he's a part of parades and stuff like that, it incites violence. I mean You know, beaten with the birch rod. Fair. That sounds like a country song. <laughs> oh, I've been beaten with the birch rod. <laughs> Someday, I'm going to learn how to edit. And I'm going to go through all of our episodes and just pull out the clips of you singing. <laughs> and make us an episode. album. <laughs> Put it on vinyl, please. <laughs> With a really cool, like, album cover <laughs> of us <Nope>. looking <clears throat> badass. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really good we're for that. good at that. At that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll dress like Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the next one I picked specifically because this is something I have been seeing my entire life. <laughs> It's a goat <laughs> man with horns. It's, it's not Krampus, but it's a lot like him. Pampas. <laughs> He's the nice version. <laughs> he gives me shoulder <laughs> Tells them good job for making it through another holiday season. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> My favorite one. I'm crying again, but this time for a different reason. <sighs> okay. My face kind of hurts. Oh. <laughs> so 
this is the Yule goat, which actually is goaty, and I didn't think about that. <laughs> but it's not that kind of goaty. It's not it's a, a demon goat. It's, it's a, a true goat. Yule goat. It's made of straw. Oh, okay. And it's Scandinavian and East Eastern European. <laughs> it has many variants. Most representations are straw. Mm-hmm. And it stems from... The, okay, it's kind of got, like, dark stems, but doesn't everything. <laughs> doesn't everything you talk about. <laughs> everything. Everywhere. <laughs> all the time. So his he stems from sacrificing a kid goat. Not a kid. When I first read that, I was like, what the? <laughs> you were like, this is not what I was looking <laughs> I'm for. I'm getting rid of my straw goats. <laughs> um, sacrificing a, a baby goat, which is still really sad. Yeah, but to the god Saturn. Mm-hmm. Who I think is, I don't remember who that is in Greece. Um, Greek, I mean the equivalent. Gosh, I know, I know this. Not, you'll think of it soon. It's shout yep. it out when you think of it. <laughs> Ideally, in the middle of the <laughs> sentence. <laughs> he is possibly linked to Thor, who rides a chariot that's uh, pulled by two goats. Yep. The recent movie makes them hilarious. They scream, <laughs> and it makes me happy because screaming goats are the best. <laughs> they really are. So, um, in Sweden. The invisible Yule goat checks to ensure that all Yule preparations have been made correctly. Okay. And this is where it comes um, from for me. The Yule goat is something that my mom has always had that she saw when she was a kid from her Swedish grandmother. And um, just that it, it's been around since I was little. And it makes me fuzzy inside and stuff like that. So I had to include him. He did shift in the 19th century. In the 17th century, young men would... <laughs> dress in costumes and go from house to house singing and performing and pulling pranks. <laughs> and they, this group would often inc- include the Yule Goat, who was rowdy and rude and demanded gifts. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in the 19th century, he shifted to being more of like a gift bringer and he's kind of associated with Santa's reindeer. And so he's happy now. And... He's just kind of basically like a gimmick again, like an ornament. and Right. Um, they put giant ones up in cities and stuff like that now. How did I make it this long with never hearing about a Yule goat? I don't know. Including the fact that... You'd been at my house at Christmas? <laughs> right. My house, my mom's house? Yeah. No clue. Never heard of it. I guess it's just because at our houses, it's just an ornament. Right. It's not like you would have brought me in and been like, look at this. this the this Yule goat brought me this present. <laughs> right. It's a birch rod. <laughs> oh man this is going to start new christmas traditions at my house connor what'd you get for christmas (laughs) buddy bertrand from from the yule goat (laughs) our next is from upper germany and austria regions of the alps which only helps me because it literally says germany and (laughs) austrian this is Frau Perchta, or Perchta might be, and her her aliases are uh, Berchta and Bertha. Okay. She's a witch, <laughs> <laughs> and she also practices magic. <laughs> oh, <boy>. <laughs> this whole episode is terrible. <laughs> Welcome to Dungeons and Dopamine, (laughs) where we just say words and then laugh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I want that to be our new tagline. (laughs) We say words and laugh. And the points don't matter. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So she is depicted with witchy features like a beaked nose um, and often dressed in rags. She carries a long knife under her shirt. (laughs) Um, She goes to homes the 12 days after Christmas, and she would reward well-behaved children with a silver coin. That's nice of her. It's so nice until (laughs) you're not a good kid. And then she splits you open and stuffs you with straw and stones. She might also um, slit open your belly, stuff that with straw, if you ate something on the night of her feast day other than the traditional meal of fish and gruel. No biggie. 
She sounds awful. <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> How else did I start this off? Are you even listening? <laughs> Do... Okay, nope. I'll ask this at the end of your four, your four floors. <laughs> Do you purposely try to ruin my life? <laughs> yes. Do yes. you just Google weirdest things ever? <laughs> this one was literally um, like Christmas folklore. That's, <laughs> and I guess I've never considered any Christmas folklore. Besides like Santa. Yeah. Who would be our And our the Yule folklore. Cat. We talked sure, about the yep, Yule Cat before. We talked before. about the Yule Cat. She, um, he comes, he, she, it comes up a little bit in this. I could have talked about it more. Interesting. 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 Very interesting. I would also like to tell you now about the Yule Lads. Okay. These are also Icelandic. Seems like a lot of holiday traditions or a lot of holiday folklore comes from like Icelandic and Sc- Scandinavian. Okay. And I don't know if that just had to do with their culture or what. But the Yule Lads, they're Icelandic. They take turns visiting children on the 13 nights that lead up to Christmas. You put your shoes on the windowsill. And if you were a good kid, you'd get candy. <laughs> if you were a bad kid, you'd get rotten potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they all have a name. These have changed throughout time. But this is their names as of right now. So, Sheep Coat Claude. He tries to suckle ewes in the farmer's sheep sheds. <laughs> He's weird. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Gully gawk. He steals foam from the buckets of cow milk. Okay. He can have it. <laughs> he can have it. Stubby. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um, he He's short and steals food from frying beans. <laughs> I mean... Do like a good <laughs> like fried a good potato? <laughs> like a good frying pan. <laughs> yeah. This one is hella mysterious. His name is Spoon Licker. <laughs> and he likes spoons. <laughs> um, pot Scraper or Pot Licker. He goes by either. He steals unwashed pots and licks them clean. He sounds helpful, at least. Yeah, right? Gross, I mean, but you, helpful. You might have to pop that in the dishwasher <laughs> when he's done, but... Uh, bowl liquor does the same. He steals um, he steals bowls of food from under the bed, which apparently <laughs> you... What are they doing in these other countries? <laughs> apparently back in the day, in old days, um, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food under their bed. Sure. <laughs> Sounds like a normal thing to do. Uh, there's Door Slammer. <laughs> he stomps around and slams doors, keeping everyone awake. Skier Gobbler. He eats up all the Icelandic yogurt, which is called skier. And I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm probably Americanizing it. Um, sausage Swiper. He loves stolen sausages. <laughs> Window Peeper. He sounds creepy, too. Yeah, and I mean, he does exactly what it sounds like. And sometimes he steals from you. I mean, that just sounds like some guy trying to get away with peeping (laughs) in people's windows. He was like, no, I'm I'm a Yule lad. (laughs) Door sniffer? (laughs) No. (laughs) He has a huge nose and an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods. Meat hook. (laughs) And will snatch up any meat, especially smoked lamb and candle beggar who steals candles <laughs> huh <laughs> they're kind of cute and just mischievous now yeah i mean they don't strike fear into my heart except for maybe window peeper but they used to be really terrifying mm. and and pretty evil they are sons of the woman who owns the yule cat oh and she is Gryla or uh, Grila Growler. She's she Icelandic as well. Must have something against Christmas. <laughs> she must. <laughs> She's uh, an ugly ogre and mom to the Yule Lads and to the Yule Cat. All of her stories differ a little bit, but she's a mischievous boogeyman uh, or a child eater. Oh, I mean, not much difference there. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> She will steal the children away in a sack and bring them home to cook them alive in a stew. 
Sorry, there is a poem that I'm going to try to read to you, but yes. I'm skipping it because we all know how my stubby poem went. I'm making sure there's no German words in there, no German cities. Exactly. One of the poems is Here Comes Grilla Down the Field with 15 Tails on Her. Another poem says Down Comes Grilla from the Outer Fields with 40 Tails, a bag on her back, a sword knife in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of children who cry for meat for Lent. It's a really <laughs> bad poem. <laughs> it's not whimsical at all. She also does eat her very first husband. She's still really strong in Icelandic culture to the point where kids will cry still when really? we talk about her. So absolutely. I mean, she's terrifying, but like we know logically that anyway, as time has passed, like much folklore, I mean, fairies and things like that, it's all become much more family friendly mm-hmm. and kind of Santa-y and more fun and silly and playful. Like the Yule cat changed yeah. from what they like murder people if they yep. don't get clothes for Christmas. To just to they like eating their treats yeah. and stuff like okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then one thing that is not folklore at all but I thought was a really fun thing that I should share is that in Japan on Christmas Day you're supposed to eat KFC. It's not like a rule that you have to <laughs> but that is but their should. like their Christmas feast is KFC. That's amazing. I know, right? <laughs> and that's my my Christmas folklore. Um, it probably took a little longer than it should have. Because Brienne cannot keep her mouth shut today. <laughs> and I can't stop laughing. <laughs> Do we in our cu- culture, the United States, can you think of any scary Christmas? Like, we tell kids they have to be good or Santa won't bring them gifts. Or maybe they'll get coal in their... But I cannot think of a single time my parents threatened me with somebody that was going to carve my stomach open. (laughs) Never. Never. Even my mom, who knew some of these older Swedish things, never. I mean, Santa, he was never bad. Right. But he had, like... He was originally just, like, a candy bringer, a dude who, like, do nice things. Like, left your shoes out or something, and he put Um, candy. yeah, 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 yeah. But never... And now he's magic. Never anything terrifying. That's so weird to me, especially America being what it is. I am surprised we are the culture that does not have evil murderers to scare our children into behaving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have that stupid elf now. I also think they're kind of creepy looking. I agree. So do you know who celebrates the winter solstice? The dog man of Michigan. Absolutely. <laughs> and Krampus. And Krampus. The dog man could totally beat Krampus. It makes me feel a lot safer here in Michigan knowing that the dog man would protect us every seventh year. <laughs> Shoot. What do we do on the other six? Bigfoot? Yeah. That makes sense. Total sense. Um, Probably some yetis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have the UP. And trees. Like, we know they talk to each other true the trees are definitely protecting us (laughs) we're so bad at this (laughs) um so winter solstice winter solstice uh the 23rd 21st 21st. but sometimes it does fall on the 23rd okay the interesting part about winter solstice is if you try to google winter solstice you will find everything from the scientific explanations to the more um religious or spiritual explanations to just some interesting facts about like stuff that's built around the world. So I have kind of divided this into sections, but to start with the boring stuff, the winter solstice happens this year on December 21st. It's usually around the 21st or 22nd. A solstice in general happens when the earth's poles reach its maximum tilt away from the sun. So in the Northern Hemisphere, our winter solstice is in December, and then summer solstice is in June, and it's opposite of that in the Southern Hemisphere. So they have their winter solstice in June, which just boggles my mind. I don't know how to reconcile that in my brain. Yeah, when I see the guys from Viva in New Zealand at Christmas, they're wearing like t-shirts and stuff, (laughs) and they're out at the beach. Right. They spend Christmas at the beach. Can you imagine? I can't wait until we move there. That blows my mind. I know, it's going to be such a thing to like get used to. Mm -hmm. Not having snow for Christmas. So excited. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Not having snow ever if we live in the yeah. right part. True. The, again, this year, the solst- winter solstice will happen on December 21st at exactly 1027 p.m. Oh, wow. Okay. I am not smart enough to tell you how they can calculate all of these things. That's unacceptable. <laughs> Maybe that'll be another hyper-focused <laughs> topic. <laughs> Here's how astronomy works. <laughs> um, and the word solstice actually means stand still because people used to think that the sun revolved around the earth and during the solstice it appears to stand still so they came up with winter solstice but now we know that we revolve around the sun so it's not standing still in the united states winter solstice also marks the beginning of winter in other cultures it might be midwinter it might be like feast time it might be the beginning of winter but here in the united states it's the start of winter it is also considered the shortest day or the longest night of the year depending on how you look at it i like to look at it more that it's the start of the days getting longer again because you know die hard optimism here <laughs> And strangely enough, Earth is actually the closest to the sun during the winter solstice. So, especially here, because it's cold during the winter solstice, we would think that we're further away, but we're actually closest to the sun during our winter. The craziest part about learning about the winter solstice was the number of things that have been built, like prehistorically, that somehow work with the solstices. The first one is Stonehenge. That was built because of solstice? Well, no, but it, it involves solstice. Okay, so we, okay. S- I, I could not read about Stonehenge because, again, it would have been a whole nother episode, which you've talked about doing, so... That, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and But it's, you know, it's a prehistoric monument. It's a bunch of giant stones. They seem to be arranged in some sort of fashion, but nobody knows how they were made. Nobody knows how they got there, what they mean. At this point, they're kind of crumbling and falling apart. But the primary axis of Stonehenge is actually aligned towards the sunrise on the summer solstice and the sunset on the winter solstice. So when the sun sets on winter solstice, it is aligned with the primary axis of Stonehenge. And that's not the only one. There is also um, something in Ireland called Newgrange, which is another prehistoric monument. It was actually built or ended up there before Stonehenge. It's basically a giant round, um, they call it, what did they call it? A passage tomb. So there's all these different tombs in there and there's like passages through kind of in my brain reminded me of like a mummy's tomb. Yeah, I I don't think of good things when I think of it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And this one actually has a roof box above it and every the building or the structure is aligned so that when the sun rises on winter solstice, it shines through this roof box above the entrance and floods the inner chambers of the tomb. So it lights up the whole area, only on winter solstice. Hmm. That article also mentioned that there were several other of these passage tombs that exist in Ireland that are set up to align with solstices. There is in Germany, a Neolithic site it's called the Neolithic site of the Gothic Circle. And this is just a very old, large ditch, circular ditch that has two fence structures in the middle that circle each other. Picture they were made of like small trees or branches, not like fence posts or picket fence <laughs> or anything like that. And this, the entrances are, there's two entrances and they just happen to align with where the sun rises on winter solstice and then where it sets on winter solstice. Whoa, okay. There are also smaller ones in there that correlate to the summer solstice as well. In Peru, there are two in Peru and these are, (laughs) um, they call them geoglyphs, but basically they were giant drawings in, on the earth. So, the Nazca lines in Peru cover 170 square miles 
and it's just all these lines. I don't, I don't want to say lines in the dirt. It's not like somebody drew them with a stick. I feel like ley lines. It's like <laughs> it makes me. Want, that's what I'm thinking right? of. <laughs> but you can you can see them, Red and they're books. all different. Like there's animals, there's plants. They're just these big drawings of with using these lines. And it's like indentations in the earth. You can see them from above. They're huge. They're spread out. And some of those lines seem to line up with the winter solstice. And then in the other part of Peru, there are more of these lines, but they're straight. And two of them seem to line up perfectly to frame a pyramid and the setting sun on the at the time of the winter solstice. And then the last one, there's even one in Michigan, or not, sorry, in the United States. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> we were going. At Chaco Canyon in New Mexico, there are there's a petroglyph called the sun dagger, and it just happens that the sun strikes that particular sun dagger petroglyph on the solstices. So only on winter solstice and summer solstice. That's so weird. And so all of these things, I mean, Stonehenge is, is prehistoric. They say the Nazca lines in Peru were like 200 BC to 500 AD. If I don't even know how to explain how scientists are measuring when the solstice is and how it's going to hit and the direction of the earth, how were they creating structures in prehistoric times that just magically happened to line up? And who realized these things? Who was sitting at Stonehenge <laughs> on the winter solstice? It was like, oh, did you notice that? Look at how that lines up. I am going to troll people so hard. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some of the theories were that, basically, that there wasn't any thought behind it. It just ended up that way. Cool. And we're putting the meaning behind it. Or we've noticed these patterns that they didn't. But I mean, when you think about things like Stonehenge and Newgrange and pyramids, it's already a little weird on how they were built and who built them and, and how why. they ended up here. Yeah. So then you also add in this weird idea that somehow they're related to the solstices and the equinoxes. It's like Indiana Jones when he has to he has to use the top of the staff to point to a particular but it has to be when the sun is there at yeah. a certain time on a certain day. Exactly. In oh, the door of Doran. Yes. That should have been my first example. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. So <laughs> this, our lore, our, even our Lord of the Rings stories could be based on... Winter solstice. Winter solstice. How freaking weird. Right? Oh, that's so strange. And then... Again, I could talk a whole nother episode about all the different cultures and festivals and beliefs that surround winter solstice. And when I first started looking into it, I was very adamant that it had to be like stuff that was on December 21st or it's only celebrated on the solstice. And then as I read more, well, that's dumb because even though apparently the Aztecs could figure out when the solstice was, it's not like everybody could. So they, a lot of them are festivals that span time. So it's always around the solstice. Some of them are one day. I, there are cultures that will, you know, our culture just assigns a date. There are other cultures that do kind of like we do with Easter, where it's based on like the first, the first Sunday first after the, the full yeah, moon yeah. of blah, blah, blah. So some of them have that. Some of them start a little earlier or go a little later, but the best quote I found about it, um, which actually happens to be from a Druid Druidry website. <laughs> of course. Says the winter solstice is probably, along with the summer solstice, the oldest seasonal festival of humankind. It's a universal festival which has been and still is celebrated by many peoples and started way before even the coming of the Celts. So winter solstice is not a Druid thing. It's not a Celtic thing. It's not a... American thing. It's been here apparently since the pyramids were built and Stonehenge was made. And even if you get down to it, it's not even necessarily like a, a thing. It's just literally the weather yeah. and the world moving. <laughs> and <laughs> so, and we refer to it as a whole day, you know, the winter. Yes. Yep. It's actually referring to a very specific point in time. So, like I said in the beginning, they've narrowed it down to December 21st at 1027. That's when the solstice is. 
It's so weird. And again, I don't know how all of these cultures figured out that a particular day changed how long it was dark out, but they were much smarter than me, apparently. <laughs> and I'm uh, first, I'm just going to list all of the different um, festivals and countries or cultures that they mentioned that have some sort of solstice celebration because it's a lot of them. Um, Iran, Welsh, obviously Christmas, Western Christian, ancient Rome, East Asia, the Incans, uh, a Slavic country, Antarctica has midwinter day, which, you know, nobody lives there. So that's a big deal. <laughs> Um, Buddhism, Zuni, I don't know what that is. I don't know what these are. I apologize if I'm decimating these names. Central Asia, Germanic, and Latvia all have some sort of solstice day. And then there are festivals. There's the Feast of Isid, which is celebrated on the last Friday before winter solstice. Saturnalia which is a festival based around the god of Saturn, who was Cronus in the Greek world, Got by it. the way. Okay. <laughs> and that starts just before solstice. St. Lucy's Day is a Christian holiday that I had never heard of. And that is always on, or was thought to be around the winter solstice. In Korea and greater China, they have the Cold Food Festival that actually takes place 105 days after winter solstice. India has the Makar Sankranti, which is the marks the end of the cold months and the start of the new month with longer days because they're optimistic like I am. <laughs> and then um, Saudi Arabia has the winter at Tantora festival, which marks the beginning of the harvest festival or harvest season. And what I did find in a lot, when I started looking specifically at some of these individual countries and how they celebrated, a lot of it was harvest season. So okay. especially back in the day before refrigerators and things like that, the winter solstice marked when it started to get cold, when it started to freeze. And a lot of people or cultures would slaughter a lot of their animals at that time because okay. they're going into the winter they don't want to have to feed, feed them all them. all yep. winter you know they're there to feed the humans yep so around this time there was always a lot of fresh meat and feasts and festivals because they were getting ready to basically hunker down and live out the rest of they were partying before they had <laughs> to get boring yes. for winter some of the different cultural things that I thought were cool for winter solstice they you know they might ch exchange small gifts but it would be like fruit and nuts and I think it's in Iran they actually they all gather at one house and then they stay up all night reading poems and sharing good memories because there are some negative angry things related to the solstice so they are staying up all night to make sure they don't get eaten Krampus I don't, it wasn't Krampus, but it was something like Krampus. The Dongzi Festival or Winter Solstice Festival in China. So they believe, obviously, if you know anything about their culture, they focus a lot about balance. So yin and yang and keeping everything in harmony. And this festival focuses on that. And I did find that in a lot of other cultures as well, that it was either about balance or like the rebirth so you know things coming to an end and then starting anew especially with the new the traditional new year starting January 1st it was a good time to kind of shrug everything off and start anew but yeah that's the winter solstice oh so all right <laughs> I, I thought you know I was I could get into the spiritual part of it but it once I got into it and realized it was so vast and so broad and there were so many cultures, there was just no way to be able to cover all of them. Very cool. Yeah. I would love to go see some of the places where it like lines up, I guess you right. could say. Uh, we're going to have yeah. to start taking some solstice vacations solstice to go. Yeah. Um, Stonehenge has a whole, because somehow, well, relating back to the Celtic religion, which somehow moved from like, Celtic Druidry, which does exist now, but doesn't because we lost Druid. The thing about Druids is they never wrote anything down. 
<laughs> they had really good memories and they memorized everything. I but then when they were basically eradicated, all of that history was lost. So anything that is Druid now or Druidry related is kind of made up from what they can guess from the historical stuff that is left and then somehow became uh, ingrained in a lot of like pagan or Wiccan rituals. So Stonehenge actually became like a religious place for pagans and druids and Wiccans. So on the, on the solstices, they have big festivals at Stonehenge. And there was drama because it's like this national man landmark and all of these weirdos <laughs> because let's especially back then if you were practicing wicca or paganism or druidry you were definitely thought of as a weirdo they tried to ban that so nobody could do that and then um the weirdos actually won because they went back and said hey this is our religion like you guys get churches you guys get all of this this is our religious place. So now they have festivals on the solstices every year. And people dress as Krampus in some of them too. <laughs> I'm not going to any festivals. Mm -mm. No Stonehenge nope. festival. Unless I can have my own Bertrand to fight back. <laughs> Maybe they just hand them out when you get there. Here's your horns Here's your and your Bertrand. <laughs> Cloven hoofs are optional, but they're over there. <laughs> I would suggest you test them out because they're not super comfy. Thank you. <laughs> We could run this festival. <laughs> Look. <laughs> oh, that felt nice coming out. Look. Look. <laughs> it's been so long. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry I'm Christmas. I'm super excited Happy for Christmas. Happy solstice. Happy solstice. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, All the I things. I believe right now is already Hanukkah mm -hmm. happening. So, happy everything. everything. Happy things. What a good time of year. Yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. Lots of yeah, happy magic happy to celebrate. Magic. I love it. Mm -hmm. This has been Dungeons and Dopamine Podcast. You can listen to us anywhere you stream podcasts and on YouTube. You can support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Dungeons Dopamine. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and sometimes Reddit. And you can find us there. <laughs> can't promise you anything else but you can find us if there. you speak to us maybe we'll speak absolutely guys come on <laughs> um you can reach out to us on any of those and i would encourage you to Please. highly <laughs> otherwise um, i just have to keep talking to jessica <laughs> this is torture guys <laughs> you can also email us at dungeons dopamine at yahoo.com dungeons and dopamine is edited and published by argyle pigeon productions all right, that's it. Thank you. We love you. Okay, bye. bye.